Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. mood right now because uh my i got a call from my child's daycare on a sunday so that can only mean one thing and that thing is that it has been shut down temporarily at least his infant room um for the foreseeable future uh because there was a covid case amongst the children there so well okay not amongst the children themselves the baby was fine but the baby's parents tested positive for COVID so the infant room is now shut down for at least two weeks probably wow and you have to go get them tested now I guess well no not exactly Um, COVID testing on a baby is really pretty intense for the kid and you don't necessarily want to do it unless they actually have been directly exposed and because the baby themselves wasn't tested positive um we don't know that we want to go ahead and do it just yet i don't know i'm conflicted um because the baby that tiger would have had contact with didn't test positive so chances of exposure for him and probably pretty limited as well as us i don't know i just my brain is just totally fried about all of this so (laughs) wrestling's been like on the back burner in the last 48 hours of my brain which is a shame because this has been a busy news week. There's some weeks where we have nothing for the news roundup or we've got like one item worth mentioning. And this week, I don't know, heading into the end of the year, promotions are all of a sudden hitting us with developments. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so much happened this week. And I did not even I – don't, I don't know if I watched any wrestling this week. Well, that's not true. I watched, I, I watched our highlighted matches for this week's Spotlight promotion. But otherwise – I didn't watch AEW Dynamite. Um, I, mean, I, I never watched WWE. Um, I didn't watch Impact. I mean, I just I haven't watched like literally anything except for the you know matches we'll be talking about later. I just I don't know. I just tuned out this week. Sorry guys. I didn't even watch New Japan. I'm so behind on New Japan. Um, yeah, but it was a bad week to do that because there was so much that happened. Yeah, we'll get into that in a minute. 
Grit and Glitter, the Pro Wrestling Coach podcast dedicated to the best in women's wrestling. My name is Harley Arpaggia. And I am Emily Fair. That's us. We host this show, new episodes every Tuesday, talking about the world of women's wrestling. And we're trying, we're trying to really expand our reach as well. You know, there was a time on the show where I feel like we talked a lot about AEW and Stardom, maybe Pro Wrestling Eve, maybe NXT. That was kind of it. That was, those were like the, the bread and butter for us. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this season, season three of Grid and Glitter, we've really been trying to spotlight as many different indie promotions as we can, really reach out to some different places. On that note, we are going to be talking about Black Label Pro this week, along with one of their broadcast team members. That is correct. Yeah, we'll be joined uh, talking about Black Label Pro with one of their commentators, Sarah Joy Shockey, who also co-hosts the Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling Podcast, which if you don't listen to, you should absolutely listen to. Sarah's been on the show before, and we're happy to have her back, especially to like talk about her kind of home promotion and uh, all the cool stuff that they're doing over at BLP, because it's really... I. Black Label Pro was one of those great um, finds that I had when I signed up for IWTV, and I just kind of came across like it along the because mainly because the shows featured people that I loved from beyond and promotions I was already familiar with and got into the promotion that way. So it's, it'll be exciting to, to kind of deep dive and go back and talk about the, the pretty short history of the promotion because it's, it's a fairly new promotion. And last week, I had talked to Jeff Serda, owner of Texas promotion Sabotage Wrestling. They were having their first show in 10 months. Main event of that show was our friend Hyann defending the Sabotage Championship against former champion Delilah Doom. And breaking news, Delilah did it. She ended Hyann's longest reigning Sabotage reign. Delilah Doom becomes the first two-time Sabotage champion. That's right. Man, that's exciting. Um, just an exciting way to like kick off this like new era of sabotage wrestling. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty cool. Did you watch the, did, were you able to watch the show? No. So um, yeah, post note to last week's interview I had with Jeff at the time that we recorded the interview, he wasn't sure where it would be streaming. And if I recall correctly, it didn't end up streaming. They made the decision not to stream this show. They, I saw a tweet that he put out saying, sorry, if you're not going to be there in Texas, you won't be able to see it at this time. But I wonder if that was a decision related to the future of this weekly TV all women's show that they were planning and talking about for the new year. Got it. Got it. Yeah. I'm kind of curious about this because I just, I briefly, before we started recording, I looked at the sabotage wrestling cage match to see um, how their lineup was looking and their championship is still listed as uh, their, their title holder is solicited as high end. And I don't know what they're going to do with the war, of the genders championship, because that was Kylie Ray. So that's an open belt as well. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of shifts going on, but I'm 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 curious to see where they pick up and how they how they move on when they start their weekly women's show. And however that unfolds, it probably won't involve a forty-something uh, former basketball player. <laughs> I'm guessing, but you know, who knows? <laughs> who knows with wrestling these days, right? Every time I skip AEW Dynamite. 
I miss something that, well, I don't know if I completely approve of. I always miss something kind of interesting. Uh, one week it was a musical number. And then this past week when I had to skip AEW Dynamite, it was the debut of Shaquille O'Neal with his uh, valet slash manager slash hype woman, Jade Cargill. Okay, so I didn't I didn't catch Dynamite either. I was busy this past week. Shaq never showed up. Instead, we had Jade Cargill or Jade Cargill make her debut, confronting Cody, insulting him, making some uh, derogatory remarks about the size of his penis, and then informing Cody that, yes, the 46-year-old former basketball player Shaq is coming for Cody for some reason. I don't know. Will this go anywhere like the Chris Jericho-Mike Tyson match that never happened i don't know it may have been friend of the show glitterati member mayday that surmised that we might be in for a upcoming pay-per-view that is all just elite guys versus uh, uh that was me was that you it sounds like mayday <laughs> idea, but that was actually me <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so wait for that pay-per-view when it's Cody Rhodes versus Shaq and Jericho versus Mike Tyson and what, what were the other ones? Someone against Tiger Woods? Tiger Woods versus John Moxley. That, that uh, could be I good. Um, I thought Battle of the Hosses, Brian Cage taking on Mark McGuire. Okay, okay, like and it. And then like um, it. for the token women's match of the night, maybe, let's go with Eva Lee and Diamante taking on Venus and Serena Williams. Um, I would like to see... Um, Britt Baker versus Christy Yamaguchi. Oh, who is a uh, who? Oh, I, I'm not up in my figure skating or my American Olympics history. Who's the one that got the tire iron to the ankle? <gasps> oh my goodness! Tanya Harding. Well, Tanya Harding was the one who did it against Nancy Kerrigan. Okay, wait, not exactly. I don't want to. Spo- I don't want to ruin this story because this is a great American story. Spoiler alert. Of Tanya Harding. Her her estranged husband, pseudo husband, pseudo still current husband, paid a friend to club Nancy Kerrigan. Um, there's a great movie, I Tanya, featuring Margot Robbie as Tanya Harding. I highly recommend it, even though it gets some things kind of sketchy and wrong. Um, but yes, Nancy Kerrigan is the one who got uh, got clubbed in the ankle. Okay, so I'm gonna go with. I'm going to go with Kerrigan and Big Swole taking on Tanya Harding and Britt Baker. Oh, wow. Wow. That's a whew, whew. You know, actually, Tanya Harding did get into boxing, so her getting into pro wrestling does not sound far-fetched at all. Okay. Well, we're a little bit off the track, um, but that's what happens when you all of a sudden, for no reason whatsoever, introduce Shaq into an AEW feud. As for Jade Cargill, Cargill, I feel bad. I, like I said, I haven't seen the segment, and I am not familiar with her at all. I don't know the name. She doesn't have a cage match entry, but she has signed with AEW. She's super new. She's super, super green. Uh, I think she just started her training career in like this past, like last year. I heard her in reference. Um, uh, AR Fox has a training academy, and I know that uh, she was a student there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I've never seen her wrestle. Um, I don't know what to expect. Um, from all reports of the of the promo of the interaction with Cody and the subsequent interaction with Brandy Rhodes, like Jade is probably a little green, um, but that's I don't know. That's par for the course rate at the AEW Women's Division. 
part of the course from AEW women's division and part of the course of like bringing Jade basically into a situation to further highlight Brandy, I guess. I don't know. Um, the Titan fights crew, uh, of which front of the show, Lindsay Kelk is a part of, uh, Lindsay Kelk and Danielle Radford did a really nice, uh, recap of this segment in the latest episode. So I'd recommend listening to that because Danielle, um, can speak more prospectively from the place of a, like a black female wrestling fan that I certainly feel comfortable talking about, but there was a lot of interesting conversation about code switching and, um, about how that segment went down and some of the uncomfortable aspects of it and ramifications of it. So definitely recommend listening to Danielle talk about it on tights and fights this past week. Cause, uh, yeah, I feel like she could talk from a place uh, that I just don't feel comfortable doing so. Uh, but yeah, missed this segment. Not sure what this means. And also not sure what it means for the future of uh, one Miss Zelina Vega now that she has been officially released from WWE. Yeah, I mean, if AEW wants to sign somebody who has more than a couple of years of experience under the belt, Thea Trinidad would be someone definitely to consider. Zelina Vega never got a chance to do a ton of wrestling in WWE. In uh, NXT, for her time there managing Andrade, um, mostly just valeting, man- or being more of a manager than a valet, I'd say. Uh, I don't want to use an outdated term. She was definitely more of a manager because she got physical and she did most of the mic work. She was definitely like the the boss figure in that faction especially once they introduced angel garza as well and she hit she'd hit like a her and Kermada here or there on like one of his opponents behind the referee's back that was about the extent of it but very strong mic work very great character work and uh yeah she's she's very seasoned she's wrestled for many years on the indies before going to wwe and now she's gone and the big Rumors, I guess, alleged uh, reasoning for her being gone is this WWE third-party platform ban that they introduced a couple weeks ago. A lot of people are not happy about it, obviously, about losing their Twitch channels and losing their other forms of revenue and things like that. Women in WWE are especially hit hard by this because so often they don't get the opportunities to wrestle as much as the men, so they're not making as much money in that sense. And they're often very popular on websites like Cameo for numerous reasons, which we don't, probably don't even need to get into. So Zelina um, basically just went against the edict. She sort of refused to give up her Twitch channel, saying that, you know, like, you have no right to tell us to get rid of these things. And I'm making more money from my Twitch than I am from you from WWE. That was the biggest indicator recently is that the reports are that, yeah, she was literally making more money on her own than she was from her full-time job at WWE. She also created an OnlyFans account, which was no nudity or anything to that extent, but still like lots of photos and different things to that extent. And WWE was apparently not happy about that either. Yeah. Um, this is a huge issue for WWE talent, uh, much of whom are making a like decent amount of income based on these platforms that allow them to interact with their fans in ways that like monetize that interaction in a way that is much more favorable to the wrestler than say like whatever merchandise deal they might have or you know even um, their salaries or their payment through WWE. Plus, it gives them like a long-standing thing to rely on once they leave wrestling, which is really important, especially for wrestlers who are 
are getting on in the years. Um, not to say that, that, uh, Vega is anywhere near the end of her career, but like, this is an important safety net for so many of the of the rosters of WWE that like, it's just such a freaking shame and it's frankly criminal that they want to force the talent to give up these platforms, even when they are performing under their like given legal names. Um, so she did what is entirely understandable, which is, you know, push back against this and pretty much, you know, after 10 minutes after announced, like posting that she was in favor of talent unionization, uh, WWE tweeted out that her, you know, best possible or, you know, wishing her luck in her future endeavors, blah, blah, blah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also, every Saturday, we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week, covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, so they're saying that um, she knew she was already being released and it was already going around backstage before she posted her tweet saying that she's in favor of unionization. That was just sort of so she wasn't fired because of that tweet, per se. That was just her kind of like sticking it to them on the way out the door. And sure enough, you know, the president of the Screen Actors Guild, the biggest union for performing artists, not including wrestlers, but for actors and um, actresses, people in production of movies, film, theater, television, the president of SAG reached out to Zelina and said, hey, shoot me an email, which is very interesting, especially given that uh, also in the past couple of days, Andrew Yang tweeted out that I haven't forgotten about Vince McMahon either. And so it seems like some people in positions of actual power outside of the wrestling industry are starting to pay attention to the shady um, I don't want to say etymology, the, just like the linguistics of independent contractors and things like that and what exactly that even means and whether or not it's even legal to be pulling the BS that Vince McMahon likes to pull. Well, I, I'll believe it when I see it as far as if anything actually comes of anyone's empty, like, curiosities or promises to, to fight this. Because, honestly, like, while everybody has been paying attention to the election in the United States um, w- with rightful cause, um, certain things have been glossed over and missed. Um, a major proposition in California called Proposition 22 was passed during this election. And this proposition allowed um, rideshare companies like Uber and Lyft to continue to treat their employees as like contractors rather than actual employees. Um, This has ramifications for a lot of major industries, especially entertainment industries like that have long like exploited these type of loopholes like WWE. So a progressive state, a so-called progressive state like California, can still be um, bought out and persuaded and manipulated by Silicon Valley tech engineers who purport to be, you know, progressive-minded with their politics, but also are in favor of like pure capital and all the evils of that. So, um, to wave my little red commie flag, I'll just say that like it's all well and good to be opposed in this in theory, but like you actually have to fight these larger forces if you like of monopolization and of exploiting labor if you are going to to give this talent like any chance to be able to like own the right to their to perform under their own name and to to make money off of their own legal their own legal identity um until then you're just gonna be you know tweeting out about it and making um, people believe that you have an interest in making a change when you can't actually make that change meaningful and purposeful. I don't know. It's just, it really sucks. And more talent will suffer with this. And honestly, what's going to end up happening isn't going to be that, you know, these, these wrestlers can't have their third party uh, platform accounts 
all WWE wants is a big bite of the share, right? Like eventually they will reach an understanding where the talent can have their Twitch streams and their OnlyFans and their cameos, but WWE is going to take their percentage and that's what they want. That's the end game here. Well, somebody who's been thriving since leaving WWE is Gianna Perrazzo because not only did she arrive in Impact, become the Impact Knockouts champion pretty quickly, but this past weekend, she defeated Su Young to become a two-time Impact Knockouts champion. This is a really interesting turnaround. I wonder, well, I mean, I guess they had such a weird situation to work with um, at the last pay-per-view when they had to replace Kylie Ray at short notice. Um, but to give Su Young that belt then... And then to turn around and give it back to Deanna, I'm just I'm I'm so curious what was actually go, supposed to happen at the last pay per view, like what was actually like supposed to go down, um, and how this was supposed to play out. That I'm just I'm kind of curious about this, just like some turnaround. You and I aren't uh, as up to date with the current week-to-week storylines and impact as our correspondent media is, so we'll have to check in with them about you know what does this mean for su young what does this mean for Susie? because Susie's biggest storyline in impact was with kylie ray and with her retiring where's su where's Susie right now how is how are they handling that how are they handling things with su young what does su young losing the championship mean for her also worth noting su young and Susie are two or i guess one of the only women on the impact roster not included in the knockouts take team championship tournament that's true the vast majority of their women's roster is in the tag team tournament which is great which is so great can i can i can i uh, i don't want to i don't want to turn this into another aw women's division moan fest i will say what is awesome is to see a tag title tournament specifically announcing titles, bringing back the ta- the women's tag titles, um, but the tag tournament featuring the roster, featuring the women's roster. Now, there are special guests. Um, I believe Team C-Stars is not regularly on Impact. Um, I don't remember seeing Ashley Vox and Delmi XO regularly on Impact. That being said, they're really welcome on there as an addition to the vast majority of the other women in this tournament who are regular members of the impact roster. And this is such a great way to do this. This is so smart. This is how you build story upon story upon story, because you got these women working together. You have duos working together, working against another duo. You build lots and lots of fertile story there. That is so smart. And it's just, it's like wrestling one Oh one. You want to build some quick stories, throw some tag teams together, make that make stuff happen. You will get yourself months of story from that. Yeah, so they're bringing the knockouts take titles back for the first time in seven and a half years. Tournament officially kicks off tonight, Tuesday night, on weekly Impact Television. And yeah, eight teams, 16 women, almost all of the current Impact roster. So looking at the knockouts official roster on the website, the only women not included in the tournament are Sue Young Susie, Madison Rain, and Katie Forbes. Everybody else is included in the tournament, including the champion, Tiana Perrazzo. 
So our brackets, uh, they're official now. We've got Tennille Dashwood and Alicia Edwards taking on the Killer Death Machines, Jessica Havoc and Nevaeh in our first match. Uh, you want to make some predictions? Because i got to go with Havoc and Nevaeh in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go with... Yeah, I'm going to go with Killer Death Machines on this one because they're a form, they're like a legit, you know, like, you know, actually known tag team. Our second match features Jordan Grace and a mystery partner. Love a good mystery partner. Taking on two Impact debuts, I believe, Renee Michelle and Killer Kelly. Killer Kelly has been making a big splash on the indies lately, doing Bloodsport, doing a bunch of things since leaving NXT UK. Yeah, it's really exciting to see her in Impact because she's someone I have only seen little bits of here and there. Didn't see her in NXT UK at all, so it's really exciting to get more Killer Kelly in the States um, and hopefully in the Indies. Um, I, I, I couldn't really make a prediction on this because it's going to depend on who Jordan Grace's mystery partner is. That's the thing. Well, can we make a prediction on that? I don't know because... Yeah, okay, it could end up being like Sue Young or Susie, and they could go either way with that and come up with a plausible explanation why, and it would be like a fun pairing, I'm sure. But if it's somebody outside of Impact, is there anybody logical? Now, Grace has teamed in the past with Lufisto, Quebecois, Legend, they were Team Pog, but Impact lately has been taping in Nashville, Tennessee. Lufisto's up in Canada with COVID and everything like that. I don't know if that's at all plausible. Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know. Because my my first instinct is to say Lufisto. Well, I mean, we can hope for it. Whether or not it's plausible or likely, we can hope for it to happen. Say what you will about AEW. We never thought we would actually get Big Swole and Nicole Savoy teaming together in the Take Cup, and that happened. Yeah, so, I mean, dare to dream. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, I'm going to go with Team Pog picking up the win in this one over Renee Michelle. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with that one as well. Okay. Our third match, Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, established tag team in Impact, taking on the debuting Team C-Stars. Not only are they the Shimmer tag team champions, they are also the Sabotage tag team champions. This is, uh, I mean, they're guests, so you don't want to call them favorites, but it's a big, they're, it's a big deal. They're also the tag team champions of my heart, so I, I like want to go with them, but I, in my, my brain, I know it's likely going to be uh, Kira and Hogan and Tasha Steeles. Okay, well, I'm going to go against you then for the first time. I think Sea Stars make it to the second round at least. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And then our last first-round match is your champ, Deanna Perrazzo, and her BFF, Kimberly, taking on Tyler Valkyrie and Rosemary. Either of these teams, like, this is this is one of these tur- this is one of these tournament matches where you're like, what? One of these teams has to be eliminated in the first round? That's criminal. Yeah. But that, that makes me excited because that really does, like, that's an exciting thing to do for a, for a tag team tournament to, like, put two big deal like team ups against each other right in the first round so that like honestly at that after one of them gets eliminated anything goes you don't have an obvious final right um uh, uh, i'm gonna go taya and rosemary 
Okay, I'm going to go Diana and Kimber because I think uh, Rosemary might be a little preoccupied right now with her fiance being murdered. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I forgot. I forgot about the whole the whole murder thing. Yeah. Okay, so round two: Killer uh, Havoc and Nevea or Team Pog? Uh, Havoc and Nevea. Okay, I'll go Pog, and then. L- also in round two, I've got Sea Stars against Prazo and Kimber. You've got Kira and Tasha against Tyre and Rosemary. Um, I well, I don't know. You make such a good point about being, you know, distracted by the whole murder thing. Um, I'll go Hogan and Steels. Okay, I'll go Prazo and Lee. Oh, and then the finals. Who do you got? So mine would be uh, Hogan and Steels versus Killer Death Machines, and I would give it to Killer Death Machines. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Okay, they're, that's, they're definitely strong contenders. They were the first... No, sorry, they weren't the first uh, Rise champion, take team champions, but they were the last Rise take team champions. I think I'm going to go with... You know what? If it is Lufisto, I want to see them go all the way and have them win the tournament. Have them, okay. go, have them go over the champ and Kimberly in the finals. Wow, I love it. That's bold. Yeah, and it gives, uh, you know, Jordan a little bit of... Vengeance over Deanna Prazo taking the knockout's title from her. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm digging that. I'm really digging that. Gives Jordan some momentum, gives Lofisto a, a, a belt right off the bat. Uh, I'm not against that. Okay, well, we'll find out as the weeks unfold. We'll be sure to update all of you here on the podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, including an entry-level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. VIP. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. I'm so excited. Just, just, you know, I do love tag team wrestling and I do love women's tag team wrestling because you just don't see it nearly enough. And it's exciting to me that impact is really, you know, going full force with their knockouts division. And by reintroducing the women's tag titles, I hope that they can do some fun stuff with it. I hope that they can build some great stories from it. I believe that they can impact is not perfect. They do really goofy shit that I don't always get or enjoy even. But um, as we've said time and time again, it's hard to deny that they really do seem to believe and invest significant time in their knockouts division. And this is just another sign of it. So Mayday, if you're listening and out there, I hope you're excited because I'm excited. We're all excited. Um, This is going to be really interesting to see where this goes. Well, this season on Grid and Glitter, we've been trying to spotlight as many different indie promotions as we can. This week, we've decided to turn our attention to Black Label Pro out of Crown Point, Indiana. So as you said at the start of the episode, Black Label Pro has not been around that long. They were actually only founded in 2017, so it's been barely three years. Yeah. It's really not been very long at all. And but they, they do a lot of shows though. Like they were founded in twenty seventeen, but they especially prior to COVID, they would do like a a show a month, sometimes twice a month. Yeah, and this isn't their first go around to an extent. So Black Label Pro was founded and it's still run today by Michael Blanton out of Crown Point, Indiana. Founded in 2017, but 10 years earlier, in 2007, Blanton ran another promotion called Fight Sports Midwest out of Portage, Indiana. Now, Fight Sports Midwest literally only ran two events over a couple of months before they had to close down, in part due to his mother getting sick. But in that time, those two events got a lot of buzz on you know, the, the tape trading, the DVD circuit of indie wrestling in 2007 thanks to matches like eddie kingston versus samoa joe mischief defending the nwa title and seth rollins versus marty janetti <laughs> which we you see a match like you hear read about a match like that on paper you go rollins versus marty janetti in 2007 but that's kind of the black label pro spirit like michael blanton has said he doesn't necessarily his desires with Black Label Pro, they're based out of Indiana and they run mostly out of Indiana, but they don't maybe book a ton of Indiana talent because it's not so much about just like giving a rub to the local guys or whatever. He kind of he kind of just treats Black Label like booking 
personal like dream matches of his own and it's not even like oh i gotta get this person because they're the hottest name on the indies right now and everybody gets them and it'll bring more view rates to the promotion it's nothing like that it's more just like he'll be thinking and say you know what this guy versus that guy would be a really cool matchup i don't know if anybody else in the world wants to see this but i'd love to see that and then he makes it happen yeah, I believe that Black Label Pro has had more than enough or more than a few uh, shows that have featured, especially like veterans in just like interesting matches against, you know, up and coming talent or title holders who have had a lot of buzz on the indies. And it's just it's always interesting to see a Black Label Pro card like there's always at least one match in there that is both a head scratcher, but also in a good way, you know, like, oh, OK, that's different. I'm intrigued. And that's kind of a great hook for a show because they always deliver. I don't think I've seen a single Black Label Pro show that isn't, you know, worth watching at least, you know, at least a, a half of the matches. But there's always at least one match on there that, like, will draw will draw an unusual viewer in. And I think that's a really uh, it's a really good way to bring in a new like a new set of viewers every time you have a new show. Yeah, I'd say from the outside, from like a new uh, new viewer like myself, the two biggest things that seem to define Black Label Pro for, for a first-time viewer is these weird, like kind of, ma- these weird matches, or like, un- not weird, they're, they're all very cool, but these unusual matches that you wouldn't see somewhere else. Nick Gage versus Hornswoggle, i.e. Things like that, or a show built around, you know, one half of the Quebecers is here. That sort of thing. <laughs> That'll be that's sort of the one of the Black Label Pro defining traits, and the other one is, of course, the names of their shows because all of their shows are pop culture referencing names. You know, the, the, each of their events is like it's a reference to either The Office or Full House or Twilight or Adventures in Babysitting, something like that. And he said in a podcast interview, Michael Blanton, that it was a conscious decision because so much of other wrestling promotions and other wrestling culture is all based around yeah like you know hard rock and like heavy metal like death imagery and stuff it's like welcome to like our next show is entitled punishment or deadly games things like that so having a show that's like a with a title is a reference to full house or to community is a, a strong way to differentiate yourself yeah absolutely Absolutely. It, it, it's just eye-catching. It's something great, um, especially if you're browsing through IWTV and you come across like recently uploaded events. Names like those are going to catch your attention right away. So the first Black Label Pro was September 2017. So it's only been a little over three years, but they've made a strong name for themselves already, thanks to partnerships with IWTV and other promotions like that. From the beginning, Black Label was mostly male so you'd have like on a on a whole card you'd have like one or two women and it was usually intergender matches although they've definitely had some like one-on-one women's matches which when we talked about beyond wrestling you were saying it feels like a woman versus woman match and beyond is somewhat of a rarity yeah yeah and at, at black label pro it's actually i think a little bit more common but um Still kind of a rarity. I would say that you see more intergender matches than than straight-up women's matches. 
Yeah, it's one of these one of these like new age like promotions of the future where not so mm-hmm. many divisions, right? Yeah. There's there's not a weight division, there's not a gender division. It's anybody who wants can wrestle anybody who wants, whether you're yeah, Hornswoggle or whether you're Jordan Grace or Kylie Ray. Sure, and Kylie Ray has been their Midwest champion, and Jordan Grace has been one of their heavyweight champions. So it's just it's kind of open for all. And honestly, I really like that because uh, for a promotion the size of Black Label Pro, promotion the size of Beyond, so many of these independent promotions, they know better than to have a women's division. They just keep things open, and it makes it just much more credible for everybody. Yeah, Grace was their second Black Label Pro champion. So that's the other thing. It's not like, oh, yeah, we have women wrestling here and there for intergender matches. And maybe someday down the line, one of them might actually win a championship. It was like, no, the second champion ever was a woman. It was Jordan Grace. Kylie Ray was the Midwest champion, held the title for 217 days. And uh, also take titles. Now, no woman has held a take title yet which is interesting, but that could change in the very near future. Yeah, that's absolutely, well, yeah. I mean, if C-Stars stay independent, I could see them becoming tag champions there. If, uh, I don't know, if, if Solo and Willow ever made their way out Midwest, because I think they're they're pretty East Coast-centric, but if they ever made their way out to, like, to Black Label Pro, I could see them. Um, it's just all about who can appear regularly. Now, this is all kind of a moot point right now because things are, once again, at a standstill. Yeah, so currently the BLP heavyweight champion is Jake Something. Midwest champion is Al Shelley. And the tag team champions are Kevin Koo and Dominic Garini. Violence is forever. Now, COVID has affected Black Label. like It's affected every promotion that isn't. WWE or AEW. So they had no shows from March to July of this year. But then since July, they kind of seem to be getting back into business. They had six shows scheduled, planned, ran a bunch of them. Things were looking good. And this coming Saturday was supposed to be Slamilton 2020. And it was a stacked card. That's part of the reason that we decided to talk about Black Label Pro this week. Team (laughs) C-Stars were challenging for the take titles. They could have been the first women to hold the take titles. <laughs> Killer Kelly was going to take on Jordan Grace. What a preview of the Knockouts take title tournament that would have been. And in the main event, Jesus Christ, Trisha Dora, Jonathan Gresham. I, uh, oh, I weep. I weep. And then COVID again. Now, um... I'm sure it varies state by state. I don't know about Indiana. Up here in Canada, in Ontario, we're officially in the second wave of COVID, but we've been in the second wave for a couple months now. And every day, we seem to break our new record. Uh, Yesterday, yesterday, as of this recording, we had 1,583 people in our province test positive. Like new new people find out. New cases, yeah. 1,500 people yesterday found out they had COVID. Who Jesus. thought they were okay on Friday? Um, we are in a similar case in Allegheny County, where Pittsburgh is, um, including a interesting benchmark. Uh, the other day, both our area code and the number of new cases were one and the same. That's right. 412, baby. Um, 
But unlike a lot of the other areas of the country that have seen COVID spikes and have responded, Pennsylvania is still not really doing much, um, just kind of sitting back and waiting to see, which is weird because we were pretty proactive at the start of the outbreak. So I was really pleased to see um, as as much as I as I weep for what could have been with Slamilton 2020. I'm I'm glad that Black Label Pro is proceeding um safely and putting safety first and postponing. I'm not sure. Maybe they didn't have a choice in the matter. Maybe uh, just in Indiana, they're not allowed to do anything right now. But whatever the case may be, it's for the best. Shows in the independents um, have become increasingly, it's become increasingly clear that hosting indie shows right now is, you're just walking a fine line. You are you are rolling the dice every time you do it, and a lot of people have gotten very, very, very lucky, but that luck is going to run out, and yeah. But Trisha Tora versus Jonathan Gresham, I was so excited. Yes, well, the official statement from BLP was that Slamlet in 2020 has been postponed, not canceled. So there's a very good chance that we will still see that match someday when uh, the world feels safe enough to have that happen. In the meantime, if you have IWTV, there's a whole back catalog. There's three years with the shows there. And that's what we decided to do this week. We decided to do some hunting and dig around and look at a couple of the matches from Black Label Pro's catalog. Yeah, I knew that Harley hadn't seen much Black Label Pro, and I um, have seen a bunch of the more like recent shows within the past year and a half, but there was a lot of stuff, especially in like 2018, that I hadn't seen, so um, I was excited to share that with you, Harley, and also to hopefully get some insight and uh, share this with one Miss Sarah Shockey, who is right there on the front lines of Black Label Pro. Harley, this was your first real introduction to Black Label? Yeah, I think my first time watching them. I've definitely seen the, you know, seen the name and seen the event posters going around. Um, you know, the Saves the Day one this summer definitely caught my attention for sure. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, like if any of them was gonna be like, hey, let's uh, let's make a show graphic and name to like specifically appeal to Harley or Paget. I feel like through being Cole is a is a pretty close close fit. It's so funny how often I don't get the references and I just am like, yeah, that's cool. And I know that it's cool. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Wrestling fans, if you're looking for a unique and entertaining way to get your wrestling podcast fixed, check out Ring Rust Radio. Ring Rust Radio uses its trademark brand of banter to cover all professional wrestling you love, including WWE, NXT, New Japan, Lucha Underground, ROH, Impact Wrestling, and more. We also hold sit-down interviews with some of the biggest names in the history of the business, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Trish Stratus, AJ Styles, and Roman Reigns. For those of you who want their wrestling with a perfect mix of serious analysis and comic relief, find Ring Rust Radio dropping every Wednesday night on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. What are some of the references that you immediately clicked into? Like, what are some of the ones that immediately spoke to you? I mean, the Slamilton ones are easy because I, you know, I wouldn't say I'm like an over-the-top Hamilton head, but I'm definitely like know, you know, a handful of the songs. And that's the best when you can just like jump into a slight piece of lyrical work that makes sense for the situation and maybe alter like a word that's where you're like ooh, i'm like i'm playing with fire here <laughs> i i think before there was slamilton or at least before i was aware of slamilton um adventures in wrestling caught my eye because adventures in babysitting is not i would say a suit like a hyper hyper popular movie but yet it does have kind of an enduring um during appeal and uh specifically for me and my family it was one of our like family movies it was like oh one of that's those. a really nice tie if they did like honey i shrunk the champ i'd be like yes <laughs> that's gotta happen Mikey, that's for you write it harley, down harley what's yours so like they already did basically mine what would be your like black label pro show your yeah. reference. I never saw Adventures in Babysitting as a kid, but oh, when I did, wow. when I saw it as a teenager, it definitely like it stuck with me. I feel like I've only seen it once, but I remember it pretty vividly. What was yeah. the movie? Oh, my sisters and I were all with the Disney movies, right? But that's too that's too cliche to have a movie based on that. I mean, cool. if you did like one that's recent and obscure, it would be a lot of fun to be like, hey, it's Tomorrowland's Last Stand. And it's like, oh, the George Clooney Tomorrowland movie that nobody <laughs> saw. Sure. Yeah, let's go with the wrestler, the wrestler who wore tennis shoes. <laughs> I, I would love to see the BLP sh- uh, show that is inspired by Xenon, um, girl of the 21st century. Oh, yeah. You could just do, like, 90s Disney movies, and I feel like Percy would just have a field day. Yes, I I, uh, I think so, too. And uh, I highly recommend it because it would be, like, it would definitely catch a specific demographic's attention. It would be Disney-affiliated, but not so not so on target as, like, a 90s, like, animated Disney, like, classic you know, the most accessible BLP show, and I'll stand by this, was Mick Wrestling. We just, me and Dave Prezak just did McDonald's menu items references. And just general, like, there's a lot that you can tie into McDonald's and wrestling. I mean, beloved institutions uh, largely based in America. 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I wouldn't say like, in, it, how can something, cause I feel like McDonald's and pro wrestling have this in common fast food and pro wrestling have this in common in general in that they are both disposable, but enduring, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. They have to keep making toys. They have to keep making storylines. They have to keep making French fries. They have to keep making champions. Yeah, like, you're not going to remember every French fry that you've ever eaten, but, like, if there's a particularly good, like, batch of French fries that you get from <laughs> McDonald's, um, then you're going to remember that that batch at least for a while, you know? Like, yeah, the McRib keeps retiring and coming back. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so, oh, my gosh. There are, like, annual traditions in fast food, especially, like, McDonald's, like the, the Shamrock Shake. There's mm-hmm. annual pay-per-views, you know? Shamrock Shake is the rumble. <laughs> 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 I feel like we've stumbled upon a really good analogy here. So yeah, so uh, Black Label Pro, uh, Sarah, how long? I know that we talked about this when we when we interviewed you specifically for the podcast, but um, how long have you been involved with BLP? You know, it's interesting because I think one of the matches that we were going to talk about is like one of the matches that Marty and I just kind of went to like check out and see if it was something that we were interested in like coming more to see. And I believe that was the one uh, Jordan Grace versus Ethan Page in November of 2018. So I think it was early 2019 that I got involved with Black Label Pro. And I was like, Mike, had been interested from the start. And I was like, listen, you're in Indiana. Like I don't have a car. There's end of story. And then after a while, Mikey was like, I will, if you're interested, I will provide transportation, which is like the most beautiful thing anyone's ever said to me, because there's so many places I want to go, but I don't want to own a car and I want to live in Chicago. So it was kind of like this impossible seeming thing. And then um, we went down and checked out that show. And my main thing was, I don't want to take somebody's spot. Like if it looks like they've got two commentators and they're having a blast and this and that, like I, you know, I wanted to be filling a hole and it was literally Dave Prezak alone with the wrestlers rotating in and sometimes he would be left without a partner and I was like oh they like really (laughs) they really do need a commentator and I really like the vibe here so yeah early 2019 I uh, jumped on board but what an endorsement it is of Mike's view of you that he's willing to put up transport to provide all that because I'm sure you know, if they were desperate, desperate, they, they could find somebody in Indiana. They could find somebody working on the ring crew who's not half bad with a mic, but he's willing to go the extra length to make sure that you can find a way to get out there. Yeah, it's really sweet. And that is one of the things I've always felt um, much more taken care of at Black Label Pro, even than other like day jobs that I've had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is, I get the sense, and I was saying this to Harley, like I get the sense from black label pro shows that there is a connectivity behind the scenes and a, and like a, a more of a family vibe than you get from a lot of independent promotions. Who's, you know, the people behind the scenes aside from some core personnel may rotate a lot. How does that work with BLP? Do, is there a lot of the same people behind the scenes working each show? Yeah, I think what it is is like the core of black label pro 
is Mikey and Jess. And they love each other and they need to respect each other and they need to raise a family together. And the business is like number two. It's like if you have a firm foundation, you can, you know, add a deck or another wing of the house. But if it's like a rocky foundation, you're never sure like where the money's coming in next month or if people even want to go to this. That's where it can feel a little rickly, but I feel like rickly, rickety, rickly (laughs) wrestling. Um, But I feel like with them, it's like they start with this foundation of like they love each other. They love wrestling. They want to make this happen. And that spreads out to people want to work with them. Like it feels like um, a privilege rather than, you know, this like, ugh feeling to come and help out because you're going to see smiling faces. You're going to see people who feel like the work that they're doing is, you know, appreciated. How has the promotion changed since you've been involved with it? Um, well, the first place we went was a different venue. They were on the square in crown point. Now we've been at the RDS gym pretty regularly. Um, so that's just like a different venue always kind of shakes up the feeling. Um, but you know, people obviously like, come and go and float through and rise and fall. And then of course, like now we're in this COVID year where we did have uh, one, two shows. I went to two shows during this year and everybody was COVID tested before. It was very safe, but it was also that like feeling of we're all learning how to pivot together. And I think again, that kind of foundation of like honesty, like I don't, feel bad if I'm like, you know, putting in input or like with the collective weekend, I was just like, you know what, this just doesn't seem like for me, I'm out and there were no hard feelings. Nobody was mad at me. Like you feel empowered to be honest and advocate for yourself. And, um, you know, I feel like the staff will advocate for me if I ever need it. That's a really, I mean, how many wrestling promotions, major or independent, can people, like, honestly say that about? Like, how many jobs can you honestly say that about? Yeah, to be 100% fair, there could be, and there probably is, so much drama that I never hear about because I simply (laughs) won't invest. (laughs) If it seems like something I don't want to hear about or know, I have a real, like, nice way of just kind of gently floating myself out of the equation, and maybe that's limiting, but it's also... Uh, more comforting. I think that that's a whole other like podcast and like uh, uh, maybe possible like class that you need to teach the rest of us who <laughs> can't seem to keep our noses out of trouble. Um, but so I um, I got into Black Label Pro probably spring of 2019, um, just as I was getting like really delving into a lot of what IWTV was offering as far as the promotions that they featured, and I just noticed that on IWTV pretty much everything Black Label Pro had put out at that point was on there and you know the the names are all these pop culture references the vibes of the shows are really good there's a lot of people on these cards that i recognize so i was like you know what i gotta check this out and um i just dug the shows from the very beginning i can't even remember which one was the first one that i watched possibly adventures in wrestling that might have been the first one um there's something about Barry was another one that was a pretty early one that I watched. I think that was like right after I got into the promotion. Yeah, that like, was a real early one for me. I'm even wondering if that's the one, if that's the one where Chris Statlander showed up for the first time, it was my mom's first indie wrestling show. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking a look at that one really quick. That's that might have been be... later in the summer though. It's uh, it's very dependent. I, um, 
I have a very vague recollection of order of things, but then once you tell me which one it was, I can write back to that venue in that moment. Do you remember which was your first show with BLP? Uh, you know what? I think it was close to something about Barry. It might have even been, I think it was that show that Chris Statlander debuted because I remember I went up and, and like boldly just started talking to her like she was already my friend. And it worked like we became friends. But I think it was like one of those crapshoot things. But I remember my mom was sitting next to me and Dave Prezak was on the other side of me. And I knew Dave because I had done ring announcing for Rise a few times, but we had never like worked together. He was always this kind of like respected name in our household because Marty's, you know, been watching wrestling since he was three years old. So it's like he knew Dave Prezak. And I'm like trying to make sure my mom's comfortable and like happy and we're in this gym. And then also it's like time to feel out a new commentary partner, which is always like just that little bit of like, I feel like when you're at the beginning of a race and you're like bent down in the position, like, okay, I really want this to go well, but we're not going to know how it goes until we start running. And um, it was a very fun show. It was like almost immediately I was like, oh, Dave's a silly Billy, too. (laughs) And he knows all the move names like this is going to be fine. You uh, you do more like color commentary on. Yes. You hear me drop a name of a move. It's because I'm real excited that I'm for sure know that one. Definitely. And it's often dropped shyly, if at all. But honestly, I think that the commentary is one of the biggest selling points of Black Label Pro because you do have Dave who can, like, you know, give you the the straightforward, you know, the move names, et cetera. But I do think um, just in general, the commentary always has such a really casual, accessible vibe that even a, a very casual wrestling viewer, even someone who doesn't typically watch like independent wrestling at all or watch pro wrestling at all could get into it just by the, how, I don't know how friendly it is. Thank you. I try to always keep in mind that especially with live television, you're sort of hosting the experience, especially for the viewer at home. And so like there are times where stuff's happening. That's pretty like, central to the room that people are in and I like to describe sort of the feeling the smells like what's going on because in my mind I'm sort of hosting this party that everybody's at but the people watching the show in the building they don't really hear me they don't really need that attention but the people who are going to watch it later the people who are watching it live like I want them to feel it as much as we feel it in the room and BLP specifically makes a point of being family friendly and accessible for children in a way that a lot of indie promotions don't. Kids under 10 are free, right? I believe so. I know that almost every show, uh, Dear Sweet Noli comes, who is like the kindest, most empathetic young wrestling fan I've ever met. And he just, I think he has a connection with like every cool wrestler and like goes home and thinks about him and stuff. And I know he's not the only kid like that. There are so many kids who come there and feel like welcomed by the staff. There are like plenty of parents there, like Mikey and Jess are parents. So if anything started to get out of hand, like they would, they're always on top of it. And it's very nice because there is that family mindset. It's like, they're not separate from their family. So neither is anybody else. A lot of people have the World Series circled on their calendar or the upcoming presidential election circled as their calendar. Pro wrestling fans, a lot of them have November 17th circled on their calendar because that's when the Young Bucks autobiography, Killing the Business, comes out. And if you get an Audible membership, you can download that book the minute it comes out on November 17th. 
So go get your Audible membership right now and claim your free credit at audible.com slash Wade. That's audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500. You'll get a free audio credit to pick out a book of your choosing and download it to your smartphone right away. By the way, you don't have to wait till next month to get instant gratification on a highly recommended pro wrestling book, The Eighth Wonder of the World, The True Story of Andre the Giant by Bertrand Hebert and Pat LaProd comes with my highest recommendation. He is a fascinating figure, and this book will teach you things about him that you definitely didn't know. They separate fact from fiction when it comes to Andre. So go to audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500 and start listening to a great wrestling book right now, The Eighth Wonder of the World, The True Story of Andre the Giant, and be first in line to get the new Young Bucks autobiography coming out next month. Of course, Audible is more than just wrestling books. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, self-development, guided wellness programs, theatrical performance, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible Originals you won't find anywhere else. Thousands and thousands of titles available on any topic you can imagine, from pro wrestling to how to quit smoking, how to lose weight. I have a wide array of fiction and nonfiction stories in my Audible library. I have been an Audible member for years, and I recommend it. Go check it out, audible.com slash wade, or text wade to 500-500. That's audible.com slash wade, or text Wade to 500-500. I go to a fair amount of independent wrestling shows when, when, you know, in non-COVID times. And um, they're all the, all the ones that I typically go to have plenty of children in the audience. But I feel like as far as the ones that I stream online, um, Black Label Pro is probably one of the few that I watch that like I regularly see like a really heavy child presence and a really like dedicated children's fan base and that just speaks really well of the promotion because as my I have a friend who's a wrestler who's been a wrestler for over 20 years and he just always likes to remind me like wrestling is for kids wrestling is for kids and adults borrow it but yeah it was the children <laughs> I think my favorite wrestling crowd moments almost always center around like either a direct interaction with a wrestler or seeing a child cheer, interact with a wrestler, start a chant. Like the best is when you hear just one child's voice, try to cheer the baby face on and everybody's (laughs) little hearts melt. Then it like whips up into a frenzy. It's like a little child started that. This is amazing. (laughs) I hope you experience that because at the Toronto indie shows here, it's usually one little kid's voice breaking through and calling, like, one of the girls a bitch or something like that. Oh, God. It's so jarring for me when it's, like, a very small voice, but they're saying the most heinous stuff. And then I'm like, you know what? That was probably little Marty DeRosa at one point. Can't judge too harsh. I I always get really, like, put off by that because it's usually a kid with a, who's sitting with a family who are kind of encouraging that behavior. And I always go back to a, a charity. Yeah, it's always a loudmouth dad in my part. Or, oh my gosh, or there was just like this notorious family, um, Rise Wrestling, Rise with a Y, that, that I love, my favorite local promotion. Um, there was just a notorious family that would go to those shows, and it was the ringleader for, for the bad stuff was coming from the mom or like the matriarch of the family, but it just trickled on through these kids who would say just the absolute worst things about about whomever was, like whatever heels or whomever were in the matches. And yeah, like, 
you know, you boo the heels, you cheer the faces, but some of the stuff that they would say to these women was just awful. And when you heard it coming out of like a 10 year old boy's mouth, it was just like, you know, how, how, you know, how, what, where's, what, where's going to go? Like, how what is this going to get go? better for any of you? Like hearing a 10 year old boy, like call a woman a whore, like, come on. Like, you know, that's, I get it in the moment, like you think you're participating in a certain way, but what you're really doing is you're just teaching him that it's okay and acceptable to call somebody that who you have no, oh, you have literally no like familiarity with whatsoever. And it's just, yeah. It so that a lot of wrestling fans don't fully think things through from beginning to end before starting their families and bringing them to shows. It's like, it's, it's just crazy, tough right? because you want everyone to be doing their best. And when you see them not, it's like, hard to feel like, should I do something? And it's like, well, I don't know. I guess we just let the wind blow sometimes with these folks. But that being said, I feel like Mikey is very quick to uh, boot people out who are being even remotely problematic, which is really nice to know because I've never felt unsafe at Black Label Pro. And there have been times in different locker rooms and places where, you know, you're not 100% sure or whatever, but um, it hasn't felt that way in Crown Point. Yeah. Yeah. I think most good. Promo- I mean, I think even the best promotions will occasionally attract people who just take things too far and it's all about how it's handled. So you always get the sense as a black label pro viewer that like that stuff won't be tolerated and it doesn't seem to be. Yeah. It's just a very like, uh, Mikey will tell you who he is and that's who he is. And it's like a person who cares about other people and making sure that it's a safe, pleasing viewing and also i think that goes into why slamilton is indefinitely delayed because it's like you know with everything that's going on in the building limitations and stuff it's like i fully believe that mikey's going to put on slamilton just as planned with the same matches announced it's just going to be at a time where he can much more safely guarantee that it's going to go the way it should yeah. I mean, we have spared you uh, earlier with our recording. We talked about the card that was the, the matches that weren't going to be happening as of yet because Slamilton um, has been uh, postponed. But uh, I'm shedding just absolute genuine tears for not getting to see Trisha Dora versus Jonathan Gresham. And I really yes. <laughs> I need to see that match. Uh, so I really need uh, need everyone to be real safe and stop spreading COVID so that I selfishly can see two wrestlers wrestle. <laughs> yeah, can you arrange something where they can, like, I don't know, record it next week in, like, in her living room or something? I'm okay with that. Or can we start, like, a very intense, like, promo war that goes on like for as long as it needs to take and it's like different backdrops different (laughs) situations i mean we could really get some stuff started online back and forth promos for like two years where they both like (laughs) turned heel and face back and forth throughout the course of it without ever actually wrestling and it's like always very well planned out where it's like it takes like six months to do the turn and it's always a surprise but it's always worth it i i'm just I, I know that we're kind of joking around right now, but if there are, is not a feud that is developing over the next like year and a half because of necessity, just via like social media promos, that is a wasted opportunity. Wrestlers get on that. 
Um, so we had, um, I, I pulled out just a couple of random matches. Um, I honestly, I, I would love to say that I went like really methodically and was like really craftily planning this, uh, playlist for months, but I really just picked out some ones that I remembered enjoying. Um, and I mentioned to Harley that for adventures in wrestling, I picked the intergender battle Royal cause I think it's a really fun battle Royal. Um, and it has some really key aspects of it that I think are very, um, indicative of the black label pro vibes that being said i think i kind of messed up with that pick because there is a multi-woman tag match later on in that card that is really really good and highlights a lot of amazing women who were in um this was during wrestlemania weekend of 2019 so there was a lot of amazing women's wrestlers in jersey city and in around new york city that during that time so there's a lot of great women in that uh, multi-woman tag match that being said i still really love this battle royal from adventures in wrestling and i was curious how um you did the whole collective weekend during 2019 didn't you sarah or at least you did a couple yes shows in 2019 um that was when we just noodled and doodled all around new jersey and new york mm-hmm. and my dear friend maria let me stay at her house and just guided me like through train after train i never knew where i was going and she's very like confident New York lawyer where I was just like, I don't need to think she's just going to get me to the commentary chair. And then we like ran into David Bixenspan on the train and he was like, oh, I was thinking about going to the hardware store to make sure everyone had protective gear for the death matches. And Maria's like, okay, I found us a hardware store and we'll go with you right when we get off the train. It's on the way. Like it was, she's the best. She's like one of my best friends in the world. And uh, that was an amazing weekend. I felt very um, sherpered around. This was during the collective weekend that mainly took place, or I think almost entirely took place at the White Eagle in Jersey City, right? Yes. Yep. We went to Madison Square Garden and watched the big show there. Mm -hmm. And so we were just all around. But yeah, I think there were. And then we came back because I got asked to do Orange Cassidy's show at 11 p.m. the night before. It was like one of those wrestling weekends that it's like, it's going to be a while before we have one like that again. And I'm so glad that I got to have it, but also like you can't do them more than about two or three times a year. (laughs) Um, I didn't get to go to the BLP show that weekend. I think we might've been traveling at that point or, or maybe had tickets to something else, but I did, I was at that orange Cassidy show and I was later that same day after the big show, Madison square garden, we came back to the White Eagle for Joey Janela's Spring Break 2 Part 2 or That's Spring Break why they were going two. to the hardware store was for Spring Break. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that that particular venue, I think, was especially well-suited to a lot of the collective shows, but I really especially liked it for this BLP show. Yeah, there was a lot of, um, like, interesting and dynamic places that people could be, and, like, the building felt sort of, like, historical, but still, like, pretty modern and fun, and I thought the lighting was just really cozy and dramatic at the same time. It's a, it's got a very, like, theatrical flair. Um, the lighting really did a lot to make the shows, especially, um, probably the later shows just like feel even more kind of like um, intimate and there being like a balcony and a stage set up and just like all kinds of areas where people like jump off of or like roam around. Um, it's very close and like, and, and um, just 
just a really like cool venue to have a lot of really crazy shit go down. And, there was an uh, amazing <laughs> moment where Maria and I were leaving from one show to go to another. Obviously, everything's packed. And as we're passing by, <laughs> Mr. Nick Gage is coming up the stairs, and we're both a little bit like quietly starstruck. Because I think it was the first time I had seen him at that close, and you know, I was like not ready. And he just looks at us and goes, good evening, ladies. And we were like, I swear we almost swooned right down those steps. It was the most genuine, gentlemanly greeting that I've experienced. Um, you've told this story on, on your podcast. And um, when you had first told it, I like that's the image of Nick Age that I burned in my mind. So um, <laughs> that's certainly- your that's canon. That's that's my like Nick Gage. Like yes, there is like MDK and like he's a tough motherfucker <laughs> and like all that stuff, um, which is also my Nick Gage. But um, my my favorite Nick Gage is uh, <laughs> ladies. Evening, ladies. Yeah, it was uh, it was. <laughs> um, any takeaways from this battle royal? Um, I just really like kind of I, I'm a sucker for battle royals in general because I love all like a chaotic just like fun nonsense um I just there's something about rumbles and royals that to me are so pro wrestling um but this one I had a lot of fun with especially with like the highlights on the on the female talent that were in the ring because so few battle royals you watch and with the majority of the people at the end being women and in this case like two of the last people are and the winner is so it's like it's what to me just kind of stands out in that way are you a fan of new japan pro wrestling then join the new japan pride podcast starring bethany rubel and javier machado with an eye for the action and an eye for the story we'll keep you abreast of all new japan shows both in japan covering world tag league and best of super juniors in november and also covering their American expansion with New Japan Strong and December Super J Cup Tournament. And I'll watch all the Yano matches so Bethany doesn't have to. And I'll watch all of the Ibushi matches. Wait a minute. I didn't script that. <laughs> Listen to our weekly podcast exclusively with the PW Torch VIP membership. Become a member at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And with Wrestle Kingdom just around the corner, it's a perfect time to join. Yeah, and I also, there was this short-lived but very fun partnership between Alley Cat and, at the time, Danny Adams. And this was one of the last times, if you're a Danny Adams fan, this is one of the last pre-Dan the Dad experiences that you're going to have with him. And he was being just all his tricks, so sleazy, like they're throwing money around and it was just like shenanigans start to finish. And I feel like we were just laughing and having such a good time. And then the audience was being silly billies. Like it just felt like a snowball effect. Allie cat tends to have that effect. I think she's a great wrestler, but in, in so many ways she can pull the crowd together. And um, I've seen she's her very in- disarming and you just want to <laughs> root for it. Cause it's like, you can't, have a wrestler lay down in the ring and be like, yeah, pat my belly and not be a little bit like, Oh, I've been very curious because, um, with just thinking about how often she's on GCW shows. And obviously there's a reason, there's lots of reasons why wrestlers get booked, but it's like 
her particular appeal kind of is very wide spanning in that, like I've seen her in crowds of very like mixed demographics. I've seen her in crowds of like mainly GCW fans and she seems to win over pretty much everybody. So she has that, you know, particular beeline prowess. Yeah, exactly. And that connection with the audience, like you feel when she comes out that she's really happy to be wherever she is, whatever party's going on, like she's joining it. And it's like this very, like kids can get on board with it. Older people can get on board with it. It's like just this energy of like, we're doing this. (laughs) Well, and I didn't realize that she's a millionaire now after winning this match. (laughs) Yeah, we need so many jokes about that. Like show after show, we were like, where is she spending that money? Yeah, it's been like a year and a half. I'm sure she blew at least a couple hundred thousand on catnip. But beyond that, um, white paws. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fancy feast. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of expenses. Um, How did this uh, battle royal work for you? Yeah, I liked it. I was only familiar with, you know, about half the names in the crowd, but that always makes for like an interesting dichotomy too, because then the other half that I'm not familiar with, I don't know what their status is. You know, I don't know if they're like lower level, they're going to be out in 30 seconds, or if they're going to be sticking around till the end of the match. And then, yeah, you had some good, some good stuff here. It's very layered. Not only is it a million dollars, but you have Brian Zane putting the Wrestling with Regret YouTube Championship on the line as well. <laughs> Which you he the... roundly booed. It was such a surprise. I thought everyone was going to be so happy to see him. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised too. I was like, wait, is Brian Zane a heel in BLP? What's going on? It just felt like everybody was getting like like that too silly rowdy, like little kids who are starting to get tired before a sleepover even really gets underway. That's exactly what the energy felt like where it's like, they knew they were like razzing his berries and he kind of knew that he could be like a little bit of a pretend heel for a day. Like it was just this weird little, like, you know, hide and go seek effect that I felt when he got in there. <laughs> well, I think he was introduced as like, you know, f- famous from YouTube and right away people are like boo <laughs> yeah exactly you're more popular on social media than me boo. <laughs> um I there were so many names on in this battle royal that who I had only seen like briefly elsewhere I was really just curious to see you amongst the the like lineup here um and she gets eliminated so quickly and that kind of broke my heart because I I've seen a bunch of her work in various Joshi promotions. And so, but her just inclusion there, I was like, wait, wait, you was in this match? She must've been in town for something else. I think that was, uh, there was like a, a rush to get to another venue. Like, I feel like a lot of the booking here was really tight where it was like, you wouldn't know until 45 minutes before a show if someone was even on their way. And some wrestlers are better at planning this stuff than others. So I feel like, a couple times it was like, oh my God, we got this great person. We have them for four seconds. Then they have to, like, they have a cab like running outside. And I feel, if I remember correctly, that that was one of the moving pieces. But yeah, again, like I felt so lucky to see everyone that I saw, even if it was just for like 0.2 seconds and you're passing by. It's just like such a feeling of community in that building, not just with BLP, but with everybody sharing it, everybody kind of trying to get out of each other's way and keep things moving and try to maintain some kind of schedule. (laughs) 
Um, so we have, we ended up kind of just out of the randomness of my selections, we ended up with two kind of showcase matches for Maria Manic. Maria Manic doesn't win the, this battle Royal, but she does, um, like she does kind of dominate the story in this, in this match. You can, like, she's at the center. She's basically like, aside from a couple of showcase moments from a couple of the other members of this, of, of this match, like the, basically it's all about her and uh, everyone trying to take her on and her systematically eliminating everybody and then eventually eliminating herself. Yeah. It was uh, just one of those powerful moments where you're like, hello. Well, I think that was the, yeah, that was her BLP debut. (laughs) She had kind of like a two parter with, Mm -hmm. um, there and then a little bit later and that was just such a crazy gosh what a fun year 2019 was let's all reflect on that (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know okay no i'm gonna get emotional at some point because we're gonna talk about um the the we're gonna talk about one of the matches i'm gonna get kind of emotional i won't get emotional right now um but yeah 2019 and yeah again just kind of luck of random picking i ended up picking kind of back-to-back um blp shows because there's this one and then the allison k versus maria manic matches from just a couple weeks later um from players brawl and you're not on commentary for this (laughs) i had an interesting schedule that day when the show started it was exactly when i was landing from a flight that had come in from belgium earlier that day And then uh, my dear friend Nance, who provides my transportation, is now my dear friend from Black Label Pro, picked up uh, me and definitely Tom Lawler, I believe. (laughs) Trying to remember who else. I always remember when it's Tom Lawler because he's a paragon of humanity. What an example. But I, we zipped over, and then there was, like, a time difference. And so Marty was coming to that show to meet me. We hadn't seen each other in, like over a week and a half because I had been in Belgium for work. <laughs> and so it was like, he was running late. I was running late. And then we had this magical moment where we like united at the venue. And then I like went teetling down the stairs. Cause we were in this like deep set stage venue. We had a different ring announcer. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who was filling in for me on commentary, but thank you to whoever was there. And I took my seat next to Dave and it was about four matches. And I think I had just missed that match. And I was so disappointed because I'd really been looking forward to it, but also like, what can you do? We, I only missed about a half hour with all those moving parts and circumstances. It was like, and then I felt like I had so much, just the joy of returning to wrestling was, you know, overwhelming. Well, there's something about moments like that too, where like somebody steps in to, to fill that role and like, you're still able to like, you know, come back and like come in at the like, you know, match number four. And it's, like, it's okay. Like, life happens, and, you know, if you're working, whether it's a your full-time job or a, or a commentating job for a promotion or whatever, like, it's nice to have that reassurance that it's like, it's okay. Like, we'll make it work. Yeah, exactly. And I've been the person, you know, doing a solo commentary match before waiting for someone to show up, and it's like, the quicker you forget the idea that everything's always going to go as planned and going to go, you know, the way that you pictured, the quicker you're going to get better at just like going with the flow and, and, you know, calling what's in front of you rather than what you thought was going to be in front of you. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's gotta be where like your theater comedy background like helps, right? Like your improvisational background helps when it comes to just like, you know, making do with what you have. 
Yeah, there's like a big amalgamation of everything that comes together for live performance or comedy or streaming or commentary. It's just like you learn things along the way to kind of like achieve the goal that you're setting out to do. And definitely like having to pivot makes you stronger in ways that you would never expect or like seek out to train for because you're not expecting them. Oh, there is really? a really nice memory from the end of this match where I was like running up to talk to Allison Kay. She's like always a go-to nice, friendly face to talk to and to tell her like, I'm so sorry I didn't see your match. Like I've just flown in from <laughs> Europe. Like I hope it went well. It's really great to see you. Like we had a really fun little interaction and it was the second time that I was too shy to say hi to Maria Manic and the last time that I would have the current chance. So hopefully at some point I drew a really cute picture of her once and I think she liked it on <laughs> some social media. So out there is a connection to her, but um, yeah, I was bummed to have missed it. I thought that it would have been really cool. I know they got real rough on the outside at certain points and it was just like in such a strange little carpeted venue too. Yes. It is a, it's like a very weird little it's a weird venue. Um, I feel like you'd imagine you'd see like a play that some gifted high schoolers put on during the summer there. That was like the vibe of the place. <laughs> yeah, very, very much so. And actually um, thinking about venues, this is kind of a good segue to, t to kind of rewind a little bit and go to the like chronologically the first match that I listed, which is um, the Jordan Grace versus Ethan Page in a Falls Count Anywhere match for um, Big Trouble in Little crown point from november 2018 and i picked this for a couple of reasons one um it's really interesting that blp has had only a handful of heavyweight champions and jordan grace was their second i thought that that's a just really neat and this is um when she turns the belt over to ethan page um both of whom are currently in impact wrestling but ethan still makes reg well when there are shows still makes fairly regular appearances in blp and jordan not so much yeah, speaking of Hamilton, Ethan Page is from Hamilton. Ethan Page is from Hamilton? Hamilton, Ontario, uh, Canada. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry, I was like, I was stuck in the Slambleton. Okay, yeah, no, he's from, he's from Slambleton, Canada, Slambleton, 45 minutes yeah. west of me. He's from They're the making so much money now that they've changed the name to Slambleton. <laughs> I... I for a second, I was like, wait, was Ethan Page of the original Broadway cast of Hamilton? And I just completely... <laughs> didn't know this about anything um no yeah so i i think it's a, it's just interesting it stands out to me that like they're both kind of they ha both have de uh, deals with impact but the last time according to my notes with jordan being at blp and again with covid all kinds of things are kind of like wonky but like she hasn't been, she wasn't there back since like September 2019. That was like her last appearance at the, in the promotion, whereas he makes fairly regular presence on the card. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic and one that I never really, again, am fully in on. Like, oh, most of my conversations with Mikey about booking are I send him the same pictures of Daniel Eads, Man of Tomorrow, <laughs> every time I see him pop up on Facebook. I saw him wrestle. I think two or three times in resistance pro and i think he's so great and uh it's also kind of like a running bit that i'll just send mikey pictures and be like this is our next such and such but it's like a kind of a nice thing in some ways to stay out of the narrative or knowing what's going on like with people specifically why they're there or not there what's going on behind the scenes because then it sort of allows me to 
not be tainted by like that stuff. Cause when you're in commentary, you're like freely speaking and making these connections. Mm-hmm. And I love the main story. I know is like Jordan grace is a badass wherever she goes. And for whatever reason, and boom, that's awesome. And it's like mm-hmm. purposefully almost for me to not know so much of the kayfabe, like obviously you do and you find out stuff and you get, impressed or disappointed by people but i love especially in black label pro to be like don't tell me who's coming and then start announcing matches or like you know maybe give me a little scoop ahead of time but i love to just sit down and see what the card is and see how many like 46 matches that mikey's booked in a day and just like (laughs) let's get to it Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! Um, I brought this, I segued into this because of the venue that they're in, but they're at the Square Sports Academy, which makes for a really great venue specifically for a false count anywhere match. I particularly love the moments in this match where the shuffleboard wall is used. Oh, it was such a beautiful venue too, inside and out. It was like, they, they didn't choose to leave the venue. There was a, a shift in the idea of like, whether it was pro wrestling or something like that, but there's some magical moments in the square. Yeah. It's, it's a really good looking venue. It works really well for this particular match. It works really well in this whole card. Um, but yeah, particularly the shuffleboard wall, the moments of the stage, the final finishes with like um, climbing the scaffolding, just everything works really well for this particular type of gimmick match. I love a I love a false count anywhere match where it uses the space really intelligently, and I think that the both both Paige and Grace do a really nice job of just using all the elements in in interesting and like attentive ways. Yeah, and I felt like, I, th- I think I'm not wrong here, that Ethan gave kind of a very nice speech at the end, and it mm-hmm. might have even been addressing somebody who was being rude in the crowd, and I think that was another moment for me where I was like, hey, this company's like got a sparkle to it. Like, There's a kindness here that I haven't seen a lot of places. Yeah, he called out a sexist, uh, sexist catcall, basically, from somebody in the crowd about intergender wrestling and saying like women don't belong in wrestling, something to that extent. And Paige actually went off on that for a couple minutes talking about how that's bogus and nonsense and all that yeah i love that really good about just like speaking like from his heart and you know that that's really him but also he's like amplifying it for whatever situation he's in and that's always impressed me like his ability on the mic is way up there with the best in the biz I love that. I loved it so much. It reminded me a lot, too, of um, one of the very first uh, Beyond Wrestling shows that I watched. Um, Chris Dickinson had, like, a similar moment, not calling out, a, like, any particular naysayers in the crowd, but just, like, kind of shouting out after an intergender multi-person match, like, kind of just shouting out the fact that, like, in their promotion, in every promotion, there's just this parody and um, that, like, everybody is seen as equal and as equal wrestlers, as equal fighters and um 
just loving that moment from him and seeing this from Avery Page. It's just, I don't know, you get the warm and fuzzies, and it's nice because pro wrestling doesn't always offer that. Yeah, um, exactly. But that takes me to uh, the emotional warm and the, the best of the emotional warm and fuzzies that I think we'll talk about here, and that is the match from Slambleton 2 back in 2019. Um, you guys are at that point, you're at the, um, the RDS gym, and uh, this is the match. This was like Kylie Ray's one. I think this was like her first big comeback indie match after leaving AEW, if I if I recall correctly. That sounds right to me. That sounds like, and it was such a beautiful match to get to build to because it's just two people that you want to root for for different reasons, and there's just like there's no way that this is not going to go well. Especially, I think some people were like, oh, Belly Sarks is really young, but I'd seen her in enough like seminars and around and how hungry she was and how much she'd been training where I was like, this is like a no-brainer. This is going to be such an enjoyable match and more because you know how much it means to Billy, especially. I mean, for Kylie, it's like, welcome back to the Indies. That's awesome. But like, Billy, the equivalent for me is like, Billy's young. She's still in high school. If I had gotten to do a stage show with Maya Rudolph or Anna Gasteyer when I was like 15 years old, it would have blown my brain out of my mind. I don't know if I would have been able to perform well. And it was like, here's a chance to literally do the thing that you love to do with one of the heroes who inspired you to do it. And that's what really like tugged it home for me as I was yeah. like, we can all relate to this. I, um, so my, my full time, my day job is I work with teenagers, um, at a public library. Um, I do a lot of like community work with students in grade six or 12. So I've had a lot of these moments where we try as much as possible to connect, um, teens to whatever resources they need. That's kind of like my job. And, um, I've had more than a few moments over the past, like 10 years of being in this position that, um, I have been able to witness a young person, whether they be 12 or 16 or whomever or whatever age, um, carry through with their interest in, in, in writing or in some kind of creative pursuit and be directly inspired and be able to directly work with someone who like inspires that work. And seeing that, witnessing that, no matter what it is, whether it's pro wrestling or writing or acting or whatever, like it just never doesn't inspire you and move yeah you. it's one of the most important exchanges on the planet i feel is like craftsmen sharing their trade with people who are interested in it who are younger than them and can carry it on it's like nature it's beautiful yeah it's absolutely it's it's a beautiful story that they get to tell um they get to do so much fun stuff in this match too as a result um there's a great promo that leads into it, and then and it's Billy just... wrote that promo herself. <laughs> like she wrote this promo, I believe J Rose produced it. Like it was just, it was sent to me, and I was on the bus riding home from work, and I just started crying when I heard it, and I was like, "This is like." But, like, how many, you know, young people have this effect, like, this charisma so immediately? And then also, like, not backing down of, like, that wasn't her match to be like, all right, I'm going to rest on my laurels. I got, I did that. Now I've got, you know, a couple more months before I do something else. It's like, no, she's out there at every seminar. She's in every promotion. She's helping out. She's showing up. She's smiling. She's taking pictures. Like, it's been really amazing to get to be part of this young woman's journey so early on and to be able to say, I knew her when. Yeah, 
Uh, oh my gosh, I can only imagine. Um, we, I saw this match before we interviewed her for the podcast. We were really fortunate to have uh, Billy and Roxy, both uh, teen wrestlers who are just doing amazing stuff um, in the independence um, on the podcast. And so after that, I get to revisit this match um, with her versus Kylie Ray. And something about having had talk to her directly and knowing how well-spoken and just how thoughtful and just straight A student, like unbelievable. Like, how do you do that? And wrestle? I couldn't even do that when all I wanted to do was get straight A's. I could never do it. (laughs) Well, and I I think you probably felt the same way, Harley, but like both of these young women and Billy, especially considering that she's even a couple years younger than Roxy. Like I was just taken aback about how, beautifully well-spoken both of them are and how how just thoughtful Billy is and they were saying things that I was like I I I wasn't I'm not this smart now I'm not this introspective (laughs) and and understanding of my own self and my surroundings now how do you get to be such a brilliant like 16 year like this is just yeah so getting to revisit this match was especially great having had that interaction with with her and just really even understanding more so of like what what thought goes into the work that she's doing whether it's getting straight A's or getting to wrestle one of your heroes yeah, not breaking under the pressure, and, you know, it's just, like, very cool, and it's always great to see Kylie, like, especially, like, she's the joy behind the scenes. Every conversation I've had with her is, like, a little treasure to put in a gem box of, like, usually something inspirational or just, like, a nice story, something beautiful. Like, it was just seeing two very lovely souls get to do the thing that they love right in front of me, and it was, like, I felt really honored to be part of that. And I'm going to just shout out really quick, um, uh, Sarah Shockey, classic line from commentary, um, because maybe Satan was just a fun guy who spoke his mind is, um, is <laughs> still, I'm still waiting for that t-shirt and, uh, <laughs> Mikey, <laughs> you gotta start getting, uh, Sarah commentary shirts. And, uh, because I'm saying this publicly, it's legally has to happen. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna put it out there in the universe, just like uh, just like we <laughs> we're 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 embracing the secret, just like Ryback taught us to do. <laughs> um, so, well, I'm so glad that we got to do this deep dive into BLP. There's so much more to see. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with the promotion, Black Label Pro, you can watch all of their back catalog, all of their shows um, on IWTV, of course. Um, Sarah, where can people find you and find all the amazing work that you're doing? You can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Joy Shockey and Marty and I put out Marty and Sarah love wrestling every Friday on the MLW radio network on all your podcast platforms. And otherwise I'll just be floating around the ether until it's safe to go out again. We we've got a shout out. You guys are doing a special project through your Patreon where you are um, watching (laughs) movies on Amazon prime. Yes, we're doing primetime no wrestling because this is our date nights. We like to put on a not very promising looking film on Amazon Prime and we record our predictions ahead of it. In the middle, we talk about what's happened. We fantasy book the ending. It never goes well. And then we regroup at the end. And it's one of our favorite things to do. And that's at the $5 and up tier at patreon.com slash Marty and Sarah. It is absolutely worth it, everyone. So please find uh, Marty <laughs> Thank and Sarah. You. You're going to really hate Ernesto's manifesto. 
am I going to hate it or am I going to absolutely love it? A little bit of everything. (laughs) If you have any independent promotions that we haven't talked about yet and you think really deserve a spotlight, if you have other suggestions for who Jordan Grace's mystery take team partner in the Knockouts Take Title Tournament could be, or if you just like us and want to say nice things, grit glitterpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on twitter it's your echo heart you can find me on twitter stressing out about everything have forked pgh f-o-r-k-e-d pgh well next week it's our season finale we have season three has come to a wrap already it's been a, a wild crazy summer and fall but we're calling a wrap on season three of Grit and Glitter. And before we go out for a season finale, we do want to continue our effort to spotlight as many different promotions and places and cool things happening in indie wrestling right now as we can. And on that note, our big season finale, we're going to take a deep dive into the history of Fight Club Pro Wrestling, the Pan-African World Diaspora Championship, and the champion, Trisha Dore. So excited to do this. So excited to end on this note. Um, super, just just great stuff here. And I have so little um, personal uh, experience with Bike Club Pro that I am just psyched to get to delve into something brand new, but that keeps getting bigger and bigger buzz this year. So, and of course, of course, Trisha Dora. Uh, uh, love her. Love her so much. Uh. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. No.